wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes! 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 For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Stupid idiot. Shut your mouth, you thong-wearing fatty. Party's over, Grandpa. Kane was there! Kane was there too! Yeah! No enhancement needed. This ain't Monday Night Raw! This fight's right! It's Wrestle Rant Radio. We're back, folks, right here on WrestleRant Radio for Thursday, May 30th, 2019. I am Graham Giason Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well. And we are mere days removed from AEW All Elite Wrestling's premier pay-per-view, Double or Nothing, live from the MGM Grand in Las Vegas, Nevada. And yours truly was there. I was there for a great weekend in Sin City with the one and only Mr. Marceau. Shout out to RJ for a great time in Las Vegas from Friday to Sunday. Had a 12-hour travel day on Sunday. It was well worth it, though. Got back Sunday night, and I'm still reeling from all the excitement that was Double or Nothing. Speaking of that paper, we're going to be talking all about it here in today's show. Mr. Marceau will be joining me here on the show for the first time since WrestleMania weekend to break down and offer our on-site report from AEW Double or Nothing. Was the show as people were saying it was? What was the match of the night? The performer of the night? We're talking all that momentarily right here on the show. As well as NXT TakeOver 25. I think people are forgetting that. As great as Double or Nothing was, we still have TakeOver this Saturday. And I'm going to be at that too. So again, it's been a loaded few weeks here on the show. We talked Money in the Bank last week here on the show. Uh, Alexis and I were in attendance for that event two weeks ago. Had a great time. Last week, it was Double or Nothing, which I was in attendance for with Mr. Marceau. And then this weekend, it's TakeOver 25. So, it's easily been the three craziest consecutive weekends of wrestling I've ever had. But three great shows. Money in the Bank was a lot of fun. Double or Nothing, a lot of fun. TakeOver never ceases to deliver. So, that's going to be great, too. We're talking all things Double or Nothing and TakeOver here on today's show. But before we get to any of that, if you guys want to check out full episodes of WrestleRant Radio, you can do so on NextAirWrestling.net, but also on iTunes. Simply search up WrestleRant Radio on the Apple Podcast app on your mobile device. You can rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. You can check out every archived episode dating back to the show's debut in October of 2013 and all the new episodes as they become available every single Thursday. As for me, folks, you can find me on the socials at WrestleRant on Twitter, on Facebook at Facebook.com backslash Graham.gsm.matthews, and on YouTube as well at youtube.com backslash C backslash Graham GSM Matthews. And that is the most important one because between Money in the Bank, Double or Nothing, and now TakeOver this weekend, we're going to have a lot of great content up on the channel. And I've already had uh, videos uploaded of Money in the Bank and then Double or Nothing just a couple of days ago. And then TakeOver videos will likely be up Maybe on Sunday, we'll see Sunday's my birthday, so I'm not sure if I want to spend Sunday, my birthday, uploading videos from TakeOver the night before. We'll see. But nonetheless, be sure to subscribe to the channel, like me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, all that stuff is greatly appreciated. 
So without further ado, guys, let's bring on the guest of honor, Mr. Marceau himself. RJ, welcome back to the show, brother. How you doing? Thanks for having me on, GSM. Mr. Marceau, days removed from AEW Double or Nothing. How you holding up? I'm doing good. I'm starting to get back on my sleep schedule. Vegas kind of messed me up on that one, but uh, <laughs> I'm doing good. You know, just left work, you know, had a good weekend in Vegas with GSM and uh, had a great show, time with the show and just ready to review it and uh, talk about NXT TakeOver. Well, like you said, Vegas, first time there. How'd you enjoy it? It was fun. I mean, I wish I could have stayed and could have acclimated to the uh, time change a little bit better, but no, I had a good time. I'm, I'm be going uh, hopefully in the near future, so it was a good time. <laughs> Dude, I got to my gate at 5.15 on Friday, probably closer to 5. I didn't leave until like 7. <laughs> I was sitting there doing nothing for like two hours. So, I, my plane boarded at like, I don't even know what time I boarded, but I think it boarded at like 6.15 supposed to take off at seven and then but everyone's on the plane they shut the door and everything and they're like about to move and all of a sudden they come over and they're like oh actually we have to uh empty the holding tank for the bathroom so it's going to be another 30 minutes oh god like, okay so it took half an hour and then they're like oh now he's gonna do paperwork so it's another 20 minutes i didn't take off till eight o'clock jesus christ it was an hour long delay because they had to freaking f- empty the tank in the bathroom we were the first flight of the day <laughs> when did they do that that's what i didn't understand like You'd think they would empty it last night when the last plane came, that last, that was the last, like, yeah. when they came in last, or right before we got, or like, do it when we're boarding, or do it before we come on the plane with the first flight. That makes so that zero kind of sense. But besides that, it was fine. I got home at, like, I landed around three and got home at, like, four, so it wasn't bad. That's not too bad. Yeah, like you said, the time change really messed me up. I wasn't, like, back to normal to, like... Tuesday, so that's how long took me to recover. But yeah, great weekend though. AEW, Double or Nothing, a very good show overall. We'll break it down right here. We'll start with the buy-in, not the pre-show, not the kickoff, but the buy-in, as Mr. Marceau would say. Uh, it's the uh, 21-man Casino Battle Royale. The winner got a future shot at the AEW World Title, won by none other than Hangman Adam Page. We had cameos here from Tommy Dreamer, Glacier. MJF, who I would say stole the match and stole the show. We'll talk more about that later. Um, a lot of various wrestlers. Sean Spears. Fuck you, Sean Spears. Just overall a very good... You know, it was a decent match. It was a typical battle royal. I like the format with five guys coming out at once, like a scramble type thing. Um, didn't really make the match much better. I've seen better battle royals. It was all right. Um, but the result was what I expected it to be. I think a lot of people figured this was the case as soon as Paige came out, uh, earning the future world title shot. So Mr. Marceau, your thoughts on the battle Royal being in your seat. Cause I was getting, I was waiting in line for merch at this point. Yeah, I actually really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good match. Um, like I said, MJF really, um, showed what he's got, uh, as a heel. Every time someone did something big, he was the first one to knock him down. Just get that heat back. Um, I thought the Orange Cassidy thing when he was kicking Tommy Dreamer was hilarious. When he was doing his like, little slight kicks on Tommy Dreamer's yep. legs and the crowd was like, oh, oh, I thought that was fun. I mean, that guy was in the match for like 15 seconds. So <laughs> yeah. It was just for that kind of spot, but it was fun. Um, really enjoyed it. I thought it was a pretty good match. I mean, I don't didn't know a lot of the people in it besides like the old WWE like retired people like Billy Gunn, mm-hmm. uh, Tommy, Tommy Dreamer, Dreamer yeah. Glacier. But, I mean, I thought I was pretty impressed with some of the people. Joey Janela took a nasty choke. I think it was from the Luchasaurus through the table. That looked tough. Um, but, yeah, I, wasn't, I, I, I thought it was a pretty good match. Uh, I was impressed by a few people. Um, 
But yeah, that was a good match. Like I said, when Hangman came in, it was kind of a given he was going to win. But I thought the other people that are that I don't know if Luchasaurus is signed or anything like that, but I was pretty impressed by them. I thought it was a good match. Yeah, actually, funny you mentioned that. As we just started recording here, like a couple hours ago, I read that Luchasaurus is actually signed to a contract. He got signed to a contract, I think, just this week or Wednesday or whatever. So Luchasaurus is all elite, which is cool. He was in, uh, he was in Lucha Underground wearing the same gimmick. He was like Vibora or something. He was with the Reptile Tribe years ago. Um, yeah, but he's really good. Uh, Brandon Cutler, I know from BTE. There were a lot of people I also did not know. <laughs> there were a lot of people in this match I did not know. Um, who was another good one? There was, uh, Dustin Thomas was the guy with, like, no legs, who I thought really performed fairly well. Um, I don't know how far you can go with that, because, like, TNA hired one guy with one leg years ago, and he was in the company for all of six months. Because how much can you really do with a guy with one leg? That's why Zach Gowan left. Zach Gowan? Yeah, exactly. I mean, the guy was an attraction for a cup of coffee, and then they got rid of him. Um, not to say that limits their, I mean, that's a whole other discussion, but I'm just saying I don't know how long, if he's even under contract, he would be an attraction for, but, um... Like you said, the MGF was great here. He did really well. What about Michael Nakazawa? Yeah, he was like funny, but I don't know, I'm not a big fan. Of it. Like I don't know, I don't like the freaking the marks were really going nuts. Nakazawa, <laughs> but I don't know, it doesn't really do too much for me. Yeah, no, I agree. But no, this was good. Adam Page winning was the uh, right result. You really thought MJF was gonna go over when Page uh, came close to winning, but it looked like MJF would come back in the ring, would come back in the ring and win it all. But that was not the case. So, uh, good match overall. What'd you say? I said, yeah, it's just a good match. Good match. Would definitely like to see the concept brought back. I know they mentioned in the post-show uh, conference, whatever, with the media, um, that Double or Nothing and All In slash All Out are going to be like their two 10-pole events. So, I could see them doing this show again next year in Vegas, probably over Memorial Day weekend. I don't know if they would call it Double or Nothing. Um, but I could see this being like, you know, like the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal of Double or Nothing, though 10 times better. Um, so we'll see. But also on the buy-in, I missed this match completely and couldn't watch it until like later Sunday. And I enjoyed it. Uh, Kip Sabian, Sammy Guevara, very good match here. Ran about 10 minutes. Kip Sabian surprisingly going over after Guevara really shined. Sabian's good, but Guevara was a lot better, although he lost, which was surprising. But this was another good match in the uh, buy-in show. Yeah, I completely agree. I thought that I don't know either guy. I mean, I've seen Guevara a ton on being the elite, but I haven't seen any of their matches before that. But mm-hmm. I was very impressed by Sammy Guevara. I thought, like you said, he had a better match. He put on a better performance than Sabian did. Um, I don't know what about Sabian. I feel like every time he did anything that was of no, I feel like he didn't have that many like big spots in the match. Whatever he did, he did this like little like taunt. They point up to the up to the ceiling, and it really bothered me. <laughs> I do not know why, but every time, like, like I said, he didn't do that many. Like, he didn't really have that many big spots. Guevara really did the bigger spots and the yeah. bigger moves. So every time he did something, he did the dumb point to the sky. He reminded me of like freaking TM61 a little bit. Like he has like that same kind of look as they do. I'm mm-hmm. like, and then I was kind of I was really shocked that Guevara lost. I mean, he had some really good good uh, good moves. I, I don't know. Like I said, I didn't really know much about Sabian. They really didn't highlight him coming into the show, so I was pretty surprised that he that he went over, but it was a really good match with two people I really didn't know anything about, but Guevara definitely uh, impressed me more. That's what I was thinking, maybe the reason why Sabian won was so they could establish him, because I feel like almost nobody knew who he was coming into the show. I think he's a UK-based wrestler, so by having him beat a guy, I don't want to say established, but I think we all know who Sammy Guevara is if you watch Being the Elite. 
Um, maybe that's why they did it. I don't really. It doesn't really matter. It's a buy-in match. Nothing was on the line. It didn't really matter anyway. Um, but it was a good match. Doug Guevara is great, and I would like to see more from these guys in the future. Uh, so to kick off the actual show, we had the six-man tag team match. Strong Hearts consisting of Seema, T-Hawk, and L. Lindemann. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but whatever. Um, they took on SCU, Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky. I thought this was perfectly placed as the opener to this show. And it wasn't an amazing match by any stretch. I saw pe- some people say every fucking match on the show was like five stars. It was a good match, people. It was a very solid six-man tag team match. It wasn't the greatest six-man tag team match I've ever seen, but it was enjoyable. Again, perfect as the opener. If you put it at any other point in the show, I don't know if people would have cared as much. But SCU had the people eating out of their hands here. I thought this was good. Yeah, I thought this was a good match, too. I didn't know anything about the other three guys. Yep. The T-Hawks, Seema, and the other guy. But that was a good match. Like you said, I've seen people praising, like, this match was amazing, like, five stars, but... It was a good match, but I mean, I think I ran a little long. I won't be too critical and nitpicking, but I feel like I went on a little long. And uh, I just feel like I, was, I told you this at the show. I just feel like there was a ton of moments of people that weren't tagged in were like breaking out pinfalls and like just doing moves, and they weren't even like tagged in and stuff. And I was like, what the hell's going on? Like, <laughs> two guys are coming that not even tagged into the match. Yeah, would hit a move and the referee wouldn't do anything. So I mean, that's just like real nitpicking, but. I mean, it was a good match, but I wouldn't say it was the greatest six-man tag match I've ever seen either. No, yeah, it was all right. I enjoyed it as the opener, like I said. <clears throat> I thought SCU did well. Uh, Christopher Daniels, I think, is like fucking 40-something, early 50s. The guy is older, but uh, he's still moving around like he's 30-something. Kazarian's good. Scorpio Sky is good. I'm a fan of theirs. Uh, they went over here. Good match. I thought there was something else I was going to say. Oh, yeah. You're looking forward to uh, Kenny Omega and Seema at Fight for the Fallen or Fighter Fest or whatever the fuck it is? Honestly, it does. Like, it could be a good match, but like I said, I don't know anything about Seema. And, like, I really don't, I don't know. Like, it'll be probably a good match because Omega's amazing, but, I mean, it's just, I don't know. If it's, like, $60, like, why would I pay $60 to see that? <laughs> no, exactly. It's like having, it's like on a pay-per-view, having Seth Rollins fight, like, I don't want to say Kurt Hawkins, but, like, Apollo Crews, like, you know he's a good wrestler, but he's so far down the totem pole, and I don't, maybe Seema will be positioned higher on the card at some point in the future, um, but the guy just opened the show and lost, so why would I take him as a threat to Kenny Omega, and wasn't it Cody, like, a couple months ago who said the wins and losses would matter, again, this is nitpicking, but, like, if it was, like, their, yeah, t- but, you know, I don't yeah, know, but also, it's not like, uh, I mean, it's, at this point, that I think they're just kind of putting on shows that, like, show what they are offering. I mean, I don't think they'll really do the wins and loss thing till, uh, till like, TV stars. Yeah. Just like, they're like, oh, I beat my brother, but now we're going to kiss and make out, and then we're going to face the young bucks. Like, that made no sense either. (laughs) That made zero sense. But, yeah, but, like I said, it just, I think these little, I don't even know if you want to call them pay-per-views, these little shows that they're running, I think it's more just, like, get more exposure for the younger people, because I feel like some of the matches are just, like, a big star or someone that you don't really know and like they'll help you get to know them better i mean it's a smart idea mm-hmm. to get them more exposure and like get the guys in the ring and get them so now they're just going like cold turkey from double nothing right to tv like i mean get them some some time in ring as well but i mean it just like i think janella versus moxley at Firefest, like that's something that i've never seen but i think that's a like, could be a good match mm-hmm. but like sema and omega like who cares i don't know it's just so 
Janela and Moxley make sense. I know, again, maybe I sound hypocritical here because Janela was in the Battle Royal and Moxley had, like, the biggest moment of the night. So, again, two opposite ends of the spectrum. But at least we know, at least from what I've seen, Joey Janela is a pretty credible competitor. He's very good. Has a similar style to Moxley, so I think it could be a good match. Seema, again, we know nothing about. So maybe coming out of that match... Um, when it airs next month at Fighter Fest, maybe you'll have a, you know such a good performance that we're talking about him and we know more about him. Who knows? But yeah, I, d- I did think that was a bit of a mismatch on paper. Um, nonetheless, though, going forward with the show, we had a fatal four-way match that was uh, a triple threat, then became a four-way. Once Awesome Kong arrived, surprisingly, great moment. Happy to see Awesome Kong. I know RJ's still holding out some bad blood after Gil Kim beat her years ago, but oh well. Um, so Awesome Kong was here, Kylie Ray, Nyla Rose, and Britt Baker, Dr. Britt Baker, excuse me, DMD, uh, she went over here, the match was okay, this was really a glorified singles match between Baker and Ray, Rose and Kong kind of canceled each other out, um, which is fine, I didn't really want to see Rose in here too much anyway, she's really not that good, um, I wanted to see more of Kong, but maybe at some point down the road, um, again, fine match, I think the right person went over. They want to position Britt Baker as the face of this women's division, and that's fine. But I think the bottom line is that they absolutely need more women in this division at some point. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, like, Austin Kong was a good surprise, but she, like, everyone's like, oh my god, like, made the match so much better. Like, she didn't do anything. <laughs> no. Nyla Rose had that one spot where she speared her into the barricade. It looked so bad. And, like, yeah, it was awful. The bar- Yeah, I, I agree. They kind of shoved that down your throat to the whole smiley Kylie like, thing. I'm like, it. she likes to smile, cool. Yeah. But like, I don't know, I'll take Britt Baker over any day of the week, but they definitely need more women, or at least credible women. I mean, I think they signed a couple people, but um, good match, but I wouldn't say it was as, as great as it was advertised or people thought it was. Yeah, definitely. Uh, are there any women that come to mind that you would like to see in AEW, whether they be under contract somewhere else or currently be free agents as far as you know? Oh, definitely Tessa Blanchard. We, I talked to you. I fucking love Tessa Blanchard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's basically the only reason I, I even tune into Impact. Mm. I mean, I'll check the highlights every week just to see what she's doing. Um, yep. So I and that man Fulton, really, of course, too. She wasn't really developed yet in NXT, but I feel like they kind of dropped the ball on her. Allegedly had a backstage issue, so maybe it was good for her to just, like, go out and go to Impact and learn and grow a little bit. I mean... She could always go to NXT or WWE or go to AEW, but I think once she's done with Impact, she'll be a hot commodity for either women division. I think she should go to AEW. I mean, the women's division 
WWE kind of sucks at this point. Like, just there's so many people and they use none of them. So mm-hmm. why would you even bother? But I, uh, she's the only one that like, would come off. Uh, I would think like Sasha Banks. Who cares? She's a loser. Go back to work. <laughs> Go back to work. Exactly. Um, what about um, Emma Tennille Dashwood? Oh yeah, Emma too. I, keep, I always forget. I, she's in Ring of Honor. So I don't even like. I honestly forget about her sometimes. Yeah. But I'd love to see. Uh, uh, Emma at uh, AEW. I'm surprised because she is a she is a uh, free agent now. She left Ring of Honor. She became a free agent like right before WrestleMania, I think, because she was at WrestleCon when we went a um, month and a half ago. And then, yeah, I haven't heard anything else about her since. I know she posts pictures on Instagram like every day, but I don't know what else she's doing wrestling wise. So um, <clears throat> I guess I could see definitely her being AEW bound eventually. And you mentioned Blanchard, too, who is the fucking star. She's probably the biggest women's wrestler in the world right now if they can land her. Her, and then here's a wild card for you. Eva Elise from Lucha, who recently requested her release from Lucha because they're not... I don't think they're doing another season. And their whole contract status is up in the air. So she got her release. She's a free agent. I know she recently did a tryout at WWE at NXT. Um, she could be signed at some point. I know Chelsea Green... Did a tryout about a year ago. She wasn't hired for like six months. So she could always be hired down the road. But I think she'd be a good fit for AEW too. Um, Actually, you know, we'll go from that match to the next women's match. While we're on the subject. And we'll go to the other tag team match in a moment. It was a six-woman Joshi tag team action. (laughs) I just laughed because we were joking about it before the show. Um, It was... I'm not even going to pronounce their names because I know I'm going to do a bad job. Um, Hakura Shida... Rio Abai, uh, Rio Mizanawi, uh, took on Aja Kong, Asia Kong, Aja Kong, I think, um, Yuka Sakazawi, and Ima Sakura, um, again, awful botching of the names there, but that was the Joshi tag team match, Arja, your thoughts? I do not understand how this match has got the love that it got, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I was the only person that watched it, like, hold for hold, but this match was... I wouldn't even say decent. It was not good. I did not enjoy this match at all. I mean, I didn't know any of the people anyway, so that probably didn't help me at all. Like, typical, if you don't know the person, you're going to care a little about, but I just didn't think the match was that good. And everyone's like, oh my God, it's so great. Everyone was popping. I'm like, everyone was in the bathroom. <laughs> exactly. Everyone was jumping. Like, right when they came out, everyone literally started going to the bathroom concession stands. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was a decent match, but if that was, like, a WWE match, people would rip all over about all the botches and sloppy, like, maneuvers throughout the match, that false finish with the guy ringing the bell. People would have went nuts on Twitter if that was, like, a six-man women's tag match on, on Raw SmackDown, or even a paper for that matter. Like, people would literally dump all over that match if it was a WWE, but since it's an AEW and it's new and it's these new Japanese or whatever, I think they're Japanese... Or Asian, new Asian wrestlers, like, oh my god, it's amazing, like, it was not a good match at all, I was not, I didn't, I wasn't intrigued going into it, and I wasn't intrigued going out of it, I thought the match wasn't good, worst match of the night, easily. Easily, easily the weakest match in the show, it was just one of those matches where even if it wasn't awful, it wasn't exciting, like, it wasn't the fact that I didn't know the woman, because if I didn't know them, at least the wrestling would, like, hook me on the match, you know, it'll get you excited, but nothing they did really, like, impressed me. Like, if anything, it was not that good of a match. It wasn't really that well-wrestled. It was, I would say it was good. I wouldn't say it was terrible, but nothing they did. Easily the weakest match on the show, like you said, but nothing they did really, like, made me want to see more of them. 
Like, I feel like just because it's Japanese women's wrestling, people get a huge hard-on for these women and are like, oh my god, it's the greatest women's wrestling in the world. Maybe there's not something I'm not seeing here. I know they have a lot of women's promotions over in Japan, and there are a lot of good women's wrestlers over there. That's where Asuka came from, Kairi Sane, Io Shirai, so of course they're coming from somewhere. But I, I don't know. Maybe because I've seen them in NXT, I already know what they could do. I feel like every Japanese woman's wrestler does either a fucking diving elbow or a moonsault. I, I feel like it all just kind of blends together. Maybe that sounds... I don't know. That's, that sounds awful. I apologize, but I don't know. I just... The match really did not stand out to me at all. It just kind of felt fairly bland, and I really hope they're not using these women full-time as part of the roster. Maybe, like, one or two. I think the Kairi Sane-looking woman... Again, I apologize. That sounds racist, but that's the only way I can <laughs> distinguish who it is. That's exactly how I would describe it. Yeah. That's the only way I could describe her. Exactly, yeah. So aside from her, I think she might be signed to the roster. I looked at the AEW roster online on their website. I think I saw her picture, not the other ones, though. So if they signed her, that's fine. And as a showcase for her, that's cool. For the rest of them, I could not give two shits. So I hope this was merely filler. So, uh, you know, until they get their division underway and they get some more women there, including Tennille, um, Tessa Blanchard, so on and so forth, just because this match really was not that good at all. I agree. I didn't didn't enjoy the match at all. But we did have a better tag team match in Best Friends versus Angelico and Jack Evans. Um, I'm familiar with Best Friends from Ring of Honor. I'm familiar with Angelico and Jack Evans from Lucha Underground. This was a really good match. I enjoyed this for what it was. Uh, tag team wrestling was alive and well on the show, unlike on Raw and SmackDown. Uh, tag team wrestling seems to be something they will be taking seriously, so they're not like excelling in every area where they need to work on their women's division. At least they're really doing well with the tag team stuff, at least from the get-go, because this was a good match. It was fun. It wasn't, again, amazing, but I thought it was very good. Um, and Helico and Evans, great tag team. They should absolutely stay together going forward. I mean, I'm sure they would shine on their own as they did in Lucha, but I think they kind of proved in Lucha they were better off with partners. Um, Evans, I know, teamed with PJ Black for a time, and Helico was with Ivelisse and Son of Havoc, so putting them together would be great full-time. And best friends are great, too. They're, they got the shenanigans down pat, the whole hugging shit. Um, people eat that shit up, so I thought this was a good match. Very enjoyable. And then afterwards, we had a tag team called, that I have since found out their name is, the Super Smash Bros. debut, which I'm sure cannot stick if, if Nintendo has anything to say about that. Um, but the lights went out. They debuted. Laid everyone out. It was a good debut. Just no one knew who the fuck they were. Um, so hopefully they established them at some point. But their finisher looked awesome. But yeah, your thoughts, RJ, on this tag team match and the post-match debut of Super Smash Bros. Well, that was a good match. Like I said, I'm... I'm I- Moreno from his WWE days, and then I've, I've watched Lucha, so I know Angelico and uh, Jack Evans. So that was a really good match. Um, I, th- I was kind of disappointed. I thought uh, Evans and Angelico would go over. Um, I was impressed with Chucky T and uh, Beretta, though. It's pretty amazing how far he's come uh, to Trent Beretta from his <laughs> WWE days. Yeah. So was, I thought it was a good match. I think the, the mark that was sitting in front of us screaming best friends, like... Ruined the match a little bit for me. The kid would not stop yelling best friends. <laughs> yeah. um, I thought it was a good match. They debuted after. Like, no one knew who they were. People were literally screaming, who the fuck are you? Mm-hmm. Which is... I mean, I wouldn't say... I mean, that's not the greatest debut ever. People are chanting, who the fuck are you? Yeah. I mean... I mean, again... Start. I mean, when... Especially with... I don't know, lights come go out, and you're expecting something big. And exactly. Bunch yeah. of mask guys and then two other guys. You're like, I have no idea who this is. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I would say it was a good debut. Their finisher was sick, but it just I just I just didn't really know who they were, so I didn't really pop that big. But the tag team division in AEW is definitely firing all cylinders, and it makes makes me excited for tag team wrestling again. I will say that definitely. Like you said, I think the biggest issue with the post match debut was that it was set up to be like a big team. Like I could see them doing that for a team like. Let's say the revival. If they were contract free right now, maybe in a year, I could absolutely, I guarantee it, they will be AEW bound eventually. Um, but like, if they showed up, that would be amazing. Like, holy shit, this is cool. Um, or LAX, if they were free from Impact and they were in AEW, that would be a big ass debut. That would be awesome. Um, these guys, it just kind of felt like a missed opportunity. I don't know what other team they would have brought in. Uh, there's not many like many tag teams that I can think of. That I would like be holy shit. That's amazing to see them in AEW. I know they hired Private Party. Uh, from what I know, they're a good tag team. They're not big names at all, but I thought it was fine. The actual match, like you said, was fun. They worked well together. Uh, best friends going over was slightly surprising, just because I thought they would establish in Helico and Evans as a tag team by having them win here. But it was fine. So good stuff here. Uh, get to the main event matches, or even before that, we'll mention this real quick. They did unveil the all new AEW World Championship Belt. Uh, with Brett the Hitman Hart, who's on the show. Cool to see him. Botched almost all of his lines, but whatever. He's Bret Hart, so I guess we give him a pass. Um, you know, if it was anyone else, they would have shit him. They would have fucking shit all over the guy, but whatever. Um, it was supposed to be Ric Flair, and then obviously he pulled out, had the health issue, so it was Bret Hart. Um, the person who made this segment, and I would argue made the show, aside from John Moxley, was MJF, who came out here after Hangman Page came out too. Uh, you know, poking fun of the fact that Bret Hart was attacked at the Hall of Fame last month. I did not think they would go there. And maybe if this was another company, maybe I'm playing the, the hypocrisy card here, but I thought that was hilarious. I really enjoyed that. If it was like anyone else, like Enzo Amore, we would have pooped all over him. But because it's MJF, I thought it was hilarious. Um, so yeah, I thought he was great here. They hyped up the title. And as I told you after the pay-per-view, I think it's really cool. They've set up like four or five different feuds for MJF. Right off the bat, they had him confront Adam Page, obviously. Um, they could do him and Jack Perry, Jungle Boy Jack Perry. They have him and uh, Jimmy Havoc, who they brawl through the crowd. Cody at some point, of course. Um, there's like at least two or three different people he can feud with. Uh, you know, four or five people, actually, that he could feud with going forward. Sean Spears being another one. They teased that in the Battle Royal and on BTE. So uh, MJF really stole the show here, I would say. Yeah, it was, like, it was a decent segment. It ran a little long. I yeah, know definitely. We definitely both agreed on that one. But he definitely was the star of this whole segment. Um, just making fun of Hangman and then Bret Hart was funny. But yeah, he definitely has uh, definitely has some feuds in the future. And they definitely are positioning him to be a top heel. I mean, they wouldn't have included him in the show that much. They know how much... I mean, a lot of people hate him. I fucking love him. I think he's a great heel. <laughs> yeah. but, I mean, they know he gets, he gets nuclear heat, so... They definitely are seeing what what he's getting as a reaction, and they're definitely just running with it. Because I mean, that's something WWE definitely wouldn't do. So I'm glad that they're actually pushing someone as a heel that people actually don't like. Definitely, and he's not going for the babyface heat. Like this guy's in character all the time. He really wants yeah. you to hate him. That Chris Van Vliet interview that we watched was great. The guy went to go get room service. It was amazing. So uh, yeah, I'm a big MJF fan. I think he has a bright future in AEW. So we get to the main matches here. Speaking of Cody, we had Cody and Dustin Rhodes one-on-one <clears throat> -on -one after the great build-up via video packages. Um, I understood why Brandy Rhodes was here. I could have done without the whole interference and then having her get booted. 
I don't really see what purpose she served in the she served in the first place, but whatever. Um, the actual match I really liked. I liked it more watching it back. We talked about this in the arena, RJ. We were watching it live, of course. And afterward, this was by no means the match of the year. If people said this was the match of the night, I won't argue with you because it was a great match. But I know the storytelling was awesome. But I don't know. I just don't think it was like the greatest match I've ever seen. And I like both these guys. I've been wanting this match for at least seven or eight years now. I just don't think it was like the instant classic, like, holy shit, this was amazing. It was probably the best Cody Rhodes match I've seen. It's probably the best Dustin Rhodes match I've seen, to be honest with you. Goldust match I've seen. But um, I don't know. I, I thought it was a great match. I just don't think it was as amazing as people were making it out to be. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was a good match. Um, I feel like, like you said, Brandy really didn't serve any purpose in this match, just to interfere a little bit. Obviously, they did a blood spy, you know. It was more storytelling than wrestling, like, I understand, but I don't know. I'm more of a, I'd rather see, like, a good technical wrestling match than telling, like, a, a good story, I guess. I mean, it was a good match, but I think people, like, greatest match, match of the year, greatest match I've ever seen, like, relax. Like, it was good. Like you said, probably the best matches they've ever had. It's not like saying they've really had great matches throughout their careers, mm-hmm. but I would probably say it's probably the best match Cody I've ever seen Cody in. I mean, I couldn't really tell you the greatest matches I've ever seen Cole bust in. So. But I think this or like his match against Cena from Raw that time when he was doing Stardust, I'd say those probably his best matches he's ever had. I mean, good match. The after I thought after was good when he's like, I need my brother. He had the voice crack. It was a good moment. Um, but I would have died if he said like I don't need my f- I don't need a friend I don't need whatever he said I I need my brother and then MJF came out and then they just beat the shit out of Dustin. <laughs> and, uh, that would have been a but, great moment. I would have loved to have seen that. Yeah, the post match was great. I forgot to mention that. That was a really good moment. Uh, like you said earlier on in the episode. Uh, you know, they went into this thing, a lot of bad blood, they hate each other, which, I mean, I guess this is wrestling 101, like, you gain respect for your opponent after you beat them, I guess that makes sense, and they're brothers, but, I don't know, it just seems weird that Cody was, like, in full-on heel mode here, and then afterward, they kissed, made out, and they were like, oh, we're gonna team next month against two random opponents for absolutely no fucking reason, like, why would we want, I mean, again, great match, don't get me wrong, Cody and, and Goldust as a tag team six years ago were fucking awesome, they were like one of the best tag teams in the world at that point uh, when they first came together, and that match should be great with the Young Bucks, but like why? Like, I don't know, I just feel like the consistency with this company has to be more there, I'm glad they're advertising shit for their next show, or the next other, whatever this is, Fight for the Fallen, Fighter Fest, I don't remember. That's Fight for the Fallen. Oh, okay, so in two months from now, so maybe they'll give me more of a reason to like understand why they're doing it because i feel like if they did that in nxt or WWE or whatever people would be like why the fuck are they doing this there's no build-up there's no reason to care but because it's going to be a great match no one really minds i guess i don't know but um no i, I really like the match i like the post-match stuff um i enjoyed it a lot i completely agree with you i said this on hashtag earlier <clears throat> but i would prefer more of a, a wrestling technical match in ring stuff than the storytelling stuff although i am a sucker for storytelling I just, you know, I'm more of an in-ring guy. Uh, but that was good. Real quick, though, before we move on, your quick thoughts on the Triple H throne bullshit. I already talked about this on Twitter on, on Sunday morning, but I was not a fan of this shit. Yeah, I'm, I am I don't, I don't like it either. I hate how he tried to, like, say it wasn't, like, we're supposed to be, the, like, respect Triple H, like, dude, no. 
<laughs> yeah, it came out right out of his ass. Yeah. It makes it seem like he's like. It's just like I hate how the people like we were talking about this at the show. Like, yeah, fuck Triple H. It's like, good. I'm glad you stick to the man, but they'll be watching Takeover on Saturday, and freaking going nuts. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can't have a, like don't have a double standard about it. Like, you can like WWE and like AEW. It doesn't have to be like one against other. I don't understand like why it's like a big thing. Like, oh, they're their enemy. Like, no, they're not. Yeah. More Who cares? For, more good wrestling is good for everyone. Exactly. You don't like WWE, that's fine, but don't just, just, I don't know. I, just, I thought it was dumb, and I thought his explanation was even dumber. Yeah, the explanation, he, the guy just buried himself six feet under with that post-match uh, explanation backstage where he was like, well, I had a dream about it, and someone tried to justify it to me because Cody had said this. Well, it's supposed to signify the, the changing guard. It's a changing of the guard with Cody Rhodes. He's trying to signify that, you know, Triple H isn't wrestling anymore because he's the head of the company. And even though Cody's an EVP, he's still... Give me the, get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. Get the fuck out of here. No one was thinking that when they saw that. When you, th- when you see him destroy the throne with a fucking sledgehammer, clearly it's a shot to WWE. It's unnecessary. It's dumb. I had some dumb Twitter trolls in my mentions on Sunday when I brought this up and how dumb it was. Get over yourselves, people. I'm not shitting on this company. I'm not shitting on Cody. I just thought it was stupid and unnecessary. Now, for one time, whatever. But I think going forward, you know, the Young Bucks want to throw in like a uh, a quick shot at these guys or not. That That's fine. Like, I don't really care about that on BTE or whatever, at WWE. They've been doing that for years. Whatever, but to make a big like deal about it with the whole smoke and mirrors, no pun intended with Cody, but like the whole pyro and the smoke blows up or the the chair blows up was one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. So hopefully they can move past that with their future pay-per-views and they can, you know, focus on being the best AEW they can be as opposed to being WWE's competitor because no one cares. Same goes for WWE. I don't want to see them, you know, talking shit about AEW. Just focus on putting forth the best product because, like you said, RJ. Good wrestling is good for everybody. Um, but the tag team match was my match of the night. I know your it was yours as well. The Young Bucks versus the Lucha Bros for the AAA World Tag Team titles. This was excellent stuff. My only real nitpick of it was that there were one too many near falls. And they have done this so many times in Ring of Honor, in New Japan. I've seen it in all the top promotions. Even NXTs probably have been guilty of it one or two times, uh, if not more than that, where they hit... Everybody, they hit their opponents with everything but the kitchen sink, and then all it takes is like one quick punch to put him out, like a sharpshooter or like something simple, you know. And I felt like that was the case here, uh, but it was a great match. The crowd was way, way, way hot for this, start to finish. The Young Bucks went over. I really thought the Lucha Bros would win here. They did not. Uh, they're doing a rematch at the next AAA event in June. I don't know why. Um, for the titles, but yeah, this was great stuff. I thoroughly enjoyed it. How about, how about you, RJ? Yeah, definitely my match tonight. I was real. I mean, this is the first time I've seen any of these guys live. So, I mean, I was pretty impressed um, with both teams. I know what they can do. I mean, I've seen Lucha Bros. Um, I've seen them both individually in uh, Lucha Underground, and I've seen them tag in Impact recently. And then I've seen the Young Bucks as well. I mean, I thought it was a really good match. I agree 100%. The nitpick, I'll nitpick the hell out of the, the false finishes. I don't like. Literally, the only way, the basically by the booking of the match, the Lucha Bros. The only way they could have won if they literally took a gun and killed the Young Bucks. Mm-hmm. They hit them with every fucking move they could hit, <laughs> and they still couldn't win. Hit them. I just like that's the one thing. I mean, I think that's the one thing they're gonna really need to stray away from. Like that's just so indie. 
like kicking out of a bazillion finishers like eventually it just gets to a point like it's dumb how they can kick out of everything but like you said they hit one little move and they win it just I mean L- the Lucha Bros hit him with a package pile driving into a swan on the kick out then he breaks his arm which would happen in, in Lucha Underground but then he just nailed, no sells and they hit the melt drive they win <laughs> yeah I just like that kind of pissed me off I really like the Lucha Bros I'm pretty hot on them I mean I'm, I've always been a big L- Lucha Libre kind of sucker um but yeah, I loved I loved the match. I thought Ray Phoenix had a, a fucking amazing match. The guy is so flawless on the <laughs> ring, on the ropes and such. He's just he's really good. I think I think he's a good get for them. And I just down the road, if I'm not sure if they're gonna do it at all out or when the TV starts taping, but I think Lucha Bros definitely should be their first tag team champions. I mean, how I could so do Young Bucks putting the titles on themselves too. They're so marked themselves. But I hope <laughs> that they put the Lucha Bros over. I mean. You can't just put all the big titles on the guys that are freaking running the company. It's just stupid. Um, I think Lucha Bros are the best tag team in the world, and I think they should uh, get the AEW Tag Team Champions once it's announced. I agree. They're phenomenal. They've been great. I'm actually very surprised that uh, Lucha actually never put them together. They were never a tag team, and they were never rivals in Lucha Underground for as long as they were there. I'm very surprised by that. But they were great in Impact. They had some really good matches with LAX. Um, actually, earlier this year, they had a really, really good series of matches with them, and uh, this match was excellent, too. I completely agree. The spot where he broke his arm, uh, Pentagon broke, I think, Matt Jackson's arm, and then he, <laughs> he proceeded to kick out with that same arm. Like, come on, dude. Come on. That's just... That's just stupid. And Lucha Underground, I know it's two totally different shows, but if you got your arm broken in Lucha, you'd be out for, like, three weeks. But this guy got right back up, and then they won the match. So I just thought, that, like, if you're going to do that shit, then why even do the move? You know what I mean? I just thought that was really stupid. But it didn't take away from my enjoyment of the match. I thought it was great. Uh, very much looking forward to the eventual rematch. I mean, obviously they're doing it in AAA, but I can definitely see them facing off again. I'm like the first AEW show on TNT. And then maybe that's when the Lucha Bros get their win back, and in the process becoming the first ever world tag team t- uh, champions for that company so yeah great stuff here my match in the night as well and then we got to the main event chris jericho kenny omega with a winner facing adam page for um the eventual aew world title very good match if not a great match i would call it a great match but i would uh, a few different things one it went way too long it was 27 minutes which if that happened in this company and not this company if it happened in wwe people would have been like what the fuck this is way too long this is boring fuck this 27 minutes of a Jericho Omega match, it's okay. Whatever. Uh, the match was good. The Wrestle Kingdom match, which I know you haven't seen, RJ, but it was amazing. It was fantastic. Probably the best Chris Jericho match I've ever seen. And that's saying that's saying a lot. Um, this match didn't quite capture that same magic. Now, again, maybe it's because we were exhausted. Uh, it was a three-and-a-half, four-and-a-half-hour four show, actually, if you include the kickoff show. We were there for a while. Uh, it was a long show, a long match. The stakes were there. It was it was a high-stakes match, but I don't know. It just felt like they just kind of went move for move, and it was a very good match, but it never really reached that next gear. And then Jericho, not to say that he went out of nowhere because he hit the Judas effect or whatever it's called, his new finisher. Um, I'm sure half the people in the arena did not know that because I kind of knew about it, but not really. Um, so that was a bit surprising. One as clean as a sheet, which was also surprising. Um, Jericho wins, cuts a promo afterwards, says that the fans should thank him, 
And then out comes John Moxley, who I think we all kind of expected to be there. He lives in Las Vegas. He just left WWE. It would have been a missed opportunity to go off the air here without having a big name show up. And if it wasn't going to be CM Punk, it might as well have been John Moxley. So John Moxley comes out, lays out Jericho with the dirty deeds or whatever the fuck he's going to call it. Um, I don't think he was doing that move on the indies, so he'll probably go back to either his old finisher, or he probably just did that because people are, you know, familiar with it from his time in WWE, but he hit Jericho with it, the referee with it, tried it on Omega, and then they brawled through the crowd, the crowd was hot for that, and hit him with the, uh, dirty deeds on the stack of poker chips by the stage to go off the air, and then threw him off the poker chips, so, uh, again, very good match, but I'm glad they went off the air with the Moxley debut, because if it ended with a Jericho win, we would have been like, uh, I would have felt anticlimactic. So the Moxley debut made up for it. But uh, yeah, this was great stuff all around, I'd say. Yeah, I thought it was a good match as well. Um, first time I seen Omega, I mean, I thought it was really good. Like you said, I think the match never really got to that second gear. It was a good match, but uh, it's kind of, like I said, maybe we were just tired. We were there for a while. And maybe just, I don't know, I just didn't think it really, really got to that second gear. Where I was like, you we weren't really going like, near fall and near fall, kind of just like going back and forth and eventually your greatest finisher, which I didn't even know was his finisher, one, one, two, three. It just didn't have like that back and forth feel, I mean. That's kind of, at this point, one main events, that's what you're kind of looking for. Like, hit a couple moves, a couple near falls, but I didn't really have that in this match. And like you said, if it ended on this, it definitely would have been kind of sour, t- or a bit of sour taste in my mouth, kind of just end the night on that, but the Moxley debut was definitely good. You know, I loved everything about it. I think they'll definitely do him and definitely have him and Omega down the road. I don't know when, but it was definitely a really good match. I loved how uh, Moxley debuted at the end. Yeah, it was a good moment. People went nuts for it. Uh, the Jim Ross commentary is definitely worth rewatching for that alone because obviously we were there, so we heard the crowd reaction. Um, and then Jim Ross, when he did commentary for it, when he did commentary for it, he made him feel like a star. But this whole nonsense. We got to get this out of the. We got to address the elephant in the room right now. This whole nonsense about how well he's gonna be their Stone Cold. He, he had a Stone Cold vibe to him. No, he fucking did not. The guy is John Moxley. Let him be John Moxley. He's not the next Stone Cold. CM Punk was not the next Stone Cold. Nobody is next. Is the next Stone Cold Steve Austin. So stop saying that because in only if, if you're saying that you're limiting what this guy could do. When you compare him to someone that he'll never be. You're going to be like, ah, he was good, but like when you call, like, for example, if you said to a non-wrestling fan, oh, this guy's great, he's like Stone Cold Steve Austin, and then you show him John Moxley, they're like, he's good, but he's no Stone Cold, like, you're you're not doing him any favors there, so uh, I'm not a fan of that shit, and then people saying that, oh, you know, Dean Ambrose got a way bigger reaction here than he ever did in WWE, we, talk, we talked about this the other day, dude, that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard, obviously he got a loud reaction here, because it was his debut. Like, talk to me in six months and see if he still gets this a lot of a reaction. Not to say that people are going to be quiet for him, but obviously people were loud for him here because he was debuting. Obviously, he felt like a star, as he should be. The guy is a star. But it's not like, oh, WWE buried him six feet under. The guy was a star in WWE. Don't give me that shit. He was a former WWE champion, IC champion, US champion, tag team champion, money in the bank winner. The guy did it all. He got a big reaction when he won the, when he cashed in the briefcase three years ago. Actually, ironically, in Las Vegas, I actually I'm just thinking about that now. That's pretty crazy now that I think about it. Um, in Las Vegas, he became WWE champion, and then three years later, getting a similar big reaction 
in uh, in AEW's uh, big premiere pay-per-view debut at Double or Nothing. So again, great moment, uh, and that's how we went off the air here. But uh, yeah, I thought overall, two thumbs up, very good show. Um, we won't be at another AEW show for a while, maybe um, Double or Nothing 2 next year. I would love to go back to Florida for a show uh, at some point down the road. That'd be cool. But uh, your biggest takeaway, RJ, of Double or Nothing 2019? Oh, I would definitely just say I was very. I thought the wrestling was really good. I was very impressed with the product. Um, definitely, I think I'll definitely rival. I would say more NXT than WWE. I mean, the main roster doesn't seem like it's going to change anytime soon. So I feel like the wrestling alone will definitely rival with NXT. And uh, just another, I like, like I said, another good wrestling show. I don't understand why everyone wants to fight about it. Like it's good for everyone. Just, just enjoy it while you can. Exactly. Good wrestling is, is is great for everybody. So it's awesome to have not, I mean, competition is great. Don't get me wrong, but like, it's good to have an alternative to WWE. So I'm, I'm platform they have, like you, like we discussed, freaking ring of honor has great wrestling. PWG has good wrestling. They're just not on that stage. They don't have that, that financial backing. So you don't really get to see it as often, but a company like AEW has the money and the resources that they can definitely compete on a, on a much bigger level. Exactly. Now this the pressure's on now because after they delivered a good show, they're gonna have to deliver like big shows from here on out. Not to say that Fighter Fest will be as amazing, but like with the TNT debut in the fall, again, not that this should go all out with like Hell in a Cell matches every single week on TV. That would be stupid. I don't know if they're that dumb. They're they're not that dumb. But um, you know, unlike Ring of Honor and unlike PWG, like you said, they don't have that platform. AEW does. They have more eyes on them. Ring of Honor can fuck up. Lucha Underground, which, you know, they were always great. They didn't really have any flaws. But, like, Ring of Honor, their production issues, they're not the greatest, but they can get away with it because they're on a smaller scale. AEW, you know, the pressure's on now for them to deliver consistently week in and week out. WWE does not, from a storytelling standpoint, they do from a production standpoint more often than not. Um, NXT always does. So hopefully AEW will be able to do that going forward. So we'll see. But I'm looking forward to the TNT debut, especially after Raw this week being as bad as it was. Good God, that show was fucking terrible. So they're really, you know, really, well, we won't really see much change in the WWE product until, like, the fall. So anyone who was hoping for, like, a red-hot episode of Raw on Monday had to have been disappointed. Why did anyone think that Raw was going to be any better? Vince does not give two shits about Double or Nothing. Yeah, it was a great show. But now they need to follow it up with another good show, and another good show, and another good show. And then when they start delivering good television in October, then maybe Raw will up their game and up the quality. Because as of right now, the show is shit, and it's going to remain shit until likely the fall season. But that's my two cents on that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like you said, they're not going to overnight get better. I mean, she's set in his ways. Nothing's going to change. I mean, I won't even say I really enjoy it. It's kind of just at this point, just the habit. But I'm not, like, online bitching about Raw every week either. I mean, I mostly skim Raw and watch the pay-per-views. I just, I mean, if they don't care, why should I put that for mm-hmm. you? I religiously watch NXT because I know that product's going to be good. I mean, at this point, Triple H, he should just keep all the guys that are NXT that he sees as stars. Just keep them down there. Why even bother getting them called up? Don't even let Vince ruin them. You haven't seen Aleister Black, Ricochet. These guys are just any other guy at this point. Aleister Black hasn't even been on TV. <laughs> Like, why even bother building guys up if you're just going to send them up the vents to die? It's just honestly, just keep you should just keep them down in NXT and just do the best you can. Even if they've done it all, just keep them down there. Don't even like, just don't even ruin them. 
they go up to the roster and don't do anything, and then you never see them. Then they're just they just become another guy. They, then I know they're not Drew McIntyre events, but you need to push these guys. It's just mm-hmm. I don't know. They're not Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre, so Vince doesn't care. Mm-hmm. It's a shame, and I hate it. But I mean, at this point, I've just kind of more religiously watched NXT because I know I'm going to get good wrestling every week. So. Well, speaking of NXT, take over 25 this Saturday, Webster Bank Arena in good old Bridgeport, Connecticut. I don't know how they landed on Bridgeport for their big 25th show, uh, the 25th takeover. I know they were supposed to go to San Jose uh, the week after, I think June 8th, June 7th, I think. But because of Saudi Arabia on the 7th, they had to push it up and then do it somewhere else completely different. But, hey, I'm not complaining. It's going to be in the... you're near you. It's going to be near me, so I'm happy to have uh, to, to go. It's going to be a great show. Um, overall, this should be another excellent event, as always, from NXT. I think 24 takeovers in, including Arrival, we have yet to get a bad show. And it's quite amazing, too, because I remember when we became friends five years ago, that was really when TakeOver took off. Uh, you know, I, we were doing this show five years ago, talking about TakeOver Fatal 4-Way. <laughs> I watched that show back a few weeks ago with Alexis. And the show sucked. The show, I mean, not, not that it sucked, don't get me wrong, but, like, it's nothing compared to the takeovers of today. Like, it was a great show, and that four-way that you and I love was awesome. But, like, go back and watch that show, dude. They have Enzo Amore versus, like, Sylvester Lafort. Like, dude, it was bad. <laughs> like, it was good for the time, because it was the best thing in NXT at that point. But I hate all the dumb marks who were like, oh, NXT peaked in 2014-2015. And what fucking universe do you live in? Go back and watch the shows back then. They were good shows. And yeah, they had Sami Zayn and Neville. The show is more stacked now with more star power than at any other point in this brand's existence. TakeOver New York was the greatest TakeOver I've ever seen, period. So none of this shit about how all oh, the old TakeOvers are way better. All the old NXTs way better. I, I don't know what show you're watching, dude, but, like, I'll prefer, you know, I'll I'll take Matt Riddle and Roderick Strong over Enzo Amore and, and Sylvester LaFort or friggin' Bull Dempsey and Mojo Raleigh. Like, that shit is, it's it's not good, dude. Like, if you go back and watch the old takeovers. Yeah, I, I haven't got back to see any of them, really. I remember, I think I watched the first one. I was like, Jesus, some of the shit's so bad. But, I mean, <laughs> they've been, I haven't, in the last probably three years I can tell you a bad takeover I've seen some of them obviously not as good as others but I haven't seen a bad one definitely definitely I don't think we've ever left a takeover and the ones that we've been to or even watched the takeover and have been like wow that show sucked or left unsatisfied I've always left and ended every show with a smile on my face, Saturday should be no different. We'll kick it off with Matt Riddle, Roderick Strong here. Uh, nothing on the line, just uh, just a regular old match. Roderick Strong recently attacked Matt Riddle on NXT TV. Therefore, the reasoning behind this match uh, should be good. Matt Riddle, I'm, I'm a big fan of his. The guy always delivers. And Roddy is honestly probably the one, one of the most underrated athletes in this, not only NXT, but like the entire company. Like, the guy is one of the most consistently great, greatest performers on any fucking brand. And he always delivers. So I think this match could be really, really good despite nothing being on the line here. Um, but I had Matt Riddle going over. Matt Riddle recently suffered a setback at TakeOver New York, losing to Velveteen Dream. I think Strong can, uh, can absorb the loss. So I'll have uh, Matt Riddle going over here. What about you, RJ? Yeah, I would say I have uh, Matt Riddle going over as well. I think this would be a really good match. Um, like you said, Roddy is definitely one of the most underrated guys on the roster. Um, he could have a good match with pretty much anyone. Um, but he's kind of in limbo right now. He's not really doing much. 
Uh, Riddle's coming off the loss to the Velveteen Dream, so I definitely say have uh, Riddle go over, but I think it's going to be a really good match. Well, speaking of Velveteen Dream, he is defending the NXT North American Championship on Saturday against Tyler Breeze, a returning hero from the old NXT, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, completely random match. I'm not going to sit here and tell you, like, oh my god, it's going to be a barn burner. It could be a really good match. Tyler Breeze is very good. Um, and I guess it, it's cool, because if there's any show to have him on, I guess aside from the Canada one in the summer, which might be a better fit, because he's from Canada, he's he's Canadian. But anyway, it is TakeOver 25. They can honor the past while looking forward to the future in Velveteen Dream. Um, again, Breeze... If you don't care about the match, I don't blame you. The guy was a fucking loser on the main roster for how many years? Like, we got excited. You bought a shirt when he first debuted on the main roster four years ago. It was all downhill from there. The guy's been persona non grata on Raw for like five years. But um, still, I think this match could be good. He has something to prove here. Great to see. Velveteen Dream. I see absolutely no reason why he should lose the championship here. There's plenty more people for him to defend against. So I got a Velveteen Dream retaining the title against Tyler Braze. Yeah, I completely agree. Definitely a random match. I mean, um, if you're going to bring him back for any show, why not the, the 25th uh, TakeOver show? I mean, the guy was pretty much one of the bigger heels or one of the bigger guys that they built up in XD. Going up the main roster, guy's done absolutely nothing. <laughs> I don't even know how. The guy hasn't done any. Like, honestly, I don't think he's been in anything that's at any matches of any note. I mean, besides, I think he feuded with, Dolph Ziggler, maybe? Like yeah, that, when he first got called up. I think he beat him at Survivor Series, and that was about it. Yeah, since then, he's literally been nothing and just a comedy act. And, I mean, he's a really good wrestler. Just, I mean, he just... His gimmick is... I, I will say his gimmick is pretty... Pretty limit... It limits him on what he can do. Definitely. He's a good wrestler, but the WWE, they just don't see him as a top guy. And he, I don't even say he's really... I think he's got the in-ring ability to be a mid-card guy they just don't see him as that and he's definitely suffered on the main roster but definitely good to see him come back um to nxt it'll definitely be a good wrestle match but i don't this should be no way he wins this match yeah to their credit this i think was supposed to be dreaming dominic dijakovic and then he got hurt so they had to fill in the spot quickly and they probably didn't want to have him beat keith lee or someone like that right now so i could see why they're doing this but it should be good though um, for the NXT Women's Championship, Shayna Baszler, Io Shirai. I'm looking forward to this match. Uh, I'm a Baszler fan. Io Shirai is also excellent. I was very surprised that Baszler did not drop the title in New York. I think it's time, because if it's not to Io Shirai, then to who? Like, maybe Candice, I was thinking. And they could do the whole Johnny Gargano, Candice Champions Together shit. Like, that'd be cool. But Candice is... I mean, she's gotten more TV time recently in the last month or two than she has at any other point since she debuted about a year and a half ago. But if it's not Candice, uh, Deanna Peraza, Deanna Peraza was not been on the show in months, so it's not going to be her. Uh, Chelsea Green has yet to debut. I don't know who else it would be, honestly, so I think it has to be Io Shirai. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think, I think coming out of New York, me and you were both like, if it's it's gotta be now. It's gotta be Bel Air or Shirai. I think I said Shirai. You said Bel Air. Mm. Uh, I think coming out, like I'm like it's just time. We thought. I mean, we both also thought that Shane would get called up and take over for Ronda, and that definitely hasn't happened. They gave us fucking stupid Lacey Evans. Um, <laughs> but, uh, had to throw Lacey Evans shot next. Like fucking hate her. Of course. But, uh, I think it's definitely gotta be Shirai. I mean, like you said, who else are gonna do a cancel? Maybe, but. I don't know. She has she has been more prominent on NXT lately, but I think Shirai's the one. I think she's really good in the ring. 
don't really know how good of a talker she is. I, I mean, I don't expect her to be great. Her and Kyrie both are pretty limited with the, the language barrier there. But, I mean, she's a really good wrestler. I love her moonsault. I think she has one of the one of the cleanest-looking moonsaults I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you I know you made fun of all the Japanese wrestlers. <laughs> that, yeah. I think she has a really good moonsault. She though. does. I was, I was kidding, but it's partially true. So, but I think she should win here. Mm-hmm. Um probably do a rematch down the, uh, at whatever the next takeover is, but then eventually call Baszler up. But um, definitely should be a good match. Yeah, no, I think it was a great match. It should be a great match. I'm looking forward to this. I think Io Shirai definitely has to go over. I don't know who else it could be. Um, I got Candice maybe at some point getting the title, but I don't think it's going to be right now. Um, it has to be Io Shirai. So I think Io Shirai goes over. We have to have... I was going to say some sort of title change on this show, but we're already going to have one in the NXT Tag Team titles. We are guaranteed to get new champions. <laughs> the fucking Viking Raiders, the former War Raiders, had this great match at TakeOver New York. They beat Ricochet and Aleister Black. They beat Undisputed Era back in, uh, what was it, not Philly. Uh, where were they in January? Arizona, Phoenix, Phoenix, Phoenix. Yeah. They had this. I was like, you know, not a big fan of the title change, but whatever. Dude, complete waste because they got called up. The, the two days after beating Black and Ricochet to do nothing. They have not been on Raw in three weeks. It's like, dude, you were talking about Tyler Breeze before, and not to say they've been buried, because they've been undefeated so far, so I'm not really saying much, but like, dude, it's been a fucking waste. But anyway, so we're going to crown new NXT Tag Team Champions um, in a ladder match, which is awesome. Uh, we have Oni Lorcan, Danny Burch, taking on the teams of the Forgotten Sons, the Undisputed Era, and my boys, the Street Profits. Now, I know who you're rooting for here. You know who I'm rooting for, but we got to re, uh, we got to re- reiterate for the people listening at home, RJ. What? we got to reiterate for the people listening at home for who our picks are going to be. Oh, Undisputed Era, no doubt. <laughs> I mean, I love the Street Profits, but they've been booked as a loser for so long. I mean, I think it'd be a great moment. People would pop, but, like, what do you do from there? I mean, I don't think they're a great tag. Like, they're good, but they're not, like, great tag. No, 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 no. I just, and I, I don't know, Bert, what's a Birch and Lorcan? No chance. And who else is in it? Birch, Lorcan? Forgotten Sons. Oh, I mean, honestly, I could so see them putting my Forgotten Sons. <laughs> I definitely could. And I, I mean, they're not good either. They're just, I don't know, they're just, Vince must be pushing them because they're terrible. <laughs> I just don't know what they see in them. They're not even good, like really that good in the ring. They're just kind of there. No, they're like the new Ascension. Yeah, but they're worse. Um, <laughs> well, that's saying a I'll lot. Say, I'll say Street Profits will win. I want Undisputed Era win. I'll say Street Profits win, but I would LOL if Forgotten Sons won. <laughs> I could definitely see that happening now that you mention it. But um, actually, someone pitched to me on Twitter Street Profits win here, but then they lose the belts. To Undisputed Era in Brooklyn. Could you see that happening? Not Brooklyn, I'm sorry. Uh, the, the next one in Toronto. I mean, what's the point at that point? So you you give them their moment, but it, like... So here's the thing. I think if Undisputed Era win here, then, like, to do the Street Profits, to have them win in Canada, at that point, I don't think anyone would care. I feel like this is their moment. If it's not here, then it's not going to happen. It's like into one cast. They never won the belts, and it just it just wouldn't happen. Um, I feel like if they don't win the belts here, it's 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 not going to happen. So um, it, it could be something similar where they never win the belts, but I feel like it would be a waste because they have momentum on their side right now. 
Undisputed Era could always get the belts back. Um, this person was suggesting that maybe they all win titles by the end of the summer, that being Undisputed Era, so I could see that happening. Um, I don't know. I'll go with Street Profits, though. I think it just makes the most sense. NXT rarely steers us wrong. We had Undisputed Era as champions for a solid year, so it's not like we haven't seen it before. And they can always go back to it down the road. I just very selfishly want to see the Street Profits get their moment, and when it happens, don't be surprised if I need an ambulance on standby outside of the arena at uh, in Bridgeport. I hope their medic team is top-notch, because I'm going to be dying when that happens. I'm going to be uh, diagnosed with markoditis. Um, but that's that. We get to our main event, Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole for the NXT Championship. It should be a great match as well. Rematch from TakeOver New York. No stipulation this time, so I'm sure it won't top their original encounter, but it should be great. They have great chemistry, so this should be very entertaining. Um, but I'm going to say Johnny Gargano loses the title here to Adam Cole, because why else would they do a rematch if Adam Cole wasn't winning? Um, they could have plugged someone else in the spot if they wanted the filler feed for Johnny, but I do think Adam Cole walks out the new NXT champion, baby. Yeah, I, I honestly I'm gonna agree with you on this one too, GSM. I mean, I love Gargano, but I mean he's better in chase mode. I mean, as a champion, he's good, but I mean he's better chasing the title than he is once he's champion. And I mean, Cole, it's his time. I mean, if he loses here, where else he go with him? Please, for the love of God, don't call him up the rock. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Guy will literally be on two or five live in a week. Please, mm-hmm. for the love of God, don't bring him up. I mean, I just hope. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with Cole. I think it's going to be a good match. Probably won't top their match from uh, NXT New York. I mean, that match was great. I, I was, after he hit the uh, Shining Wizard, I was so sold that he was going to win. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and then he didn't win. But, no, uh, it was great, though, dude. That was probably the best. Well, I mean, we were there for both, so I'm going to ask you point blank. ever been invested in, and I was like, shit, that was good. That was good. So I'll I'll ask you point blank, Mr. Marceau. We were there for both matches. Greatest match in NXT history. If it's not one of these two, I don't know what else it would be. Gargano and Cole, or Gargano and Almas to take over Philly when we were there? I think Gargano and Almas is better. But really? Okay, okay. I mean, that, that other one, that one, the... Cole and Gargano had a stipulation, so it kind of like helped at the end. I mean, it was at the end of the season, he knew that someone was eventually going to win. I mean, I don't know. I thought Gargano and almost was better, but I mean, they both are great matches, so I'm not going to debate. I mean, they both were good, so. Yeah. But if I was picking, I would say I enjoyed Gargano almost more. I think the only I think the only thing that gives um, Gargano and Cole the edge to me was the ending with Gargano winning. With, like, the happy ending, because we didn't get that with Almas and Gargano, because as soon as Almas won, it was very deflated in that arena. But, like, for the good, for the right reasons. It wasn't like, oh, Gargano should have won, he was ruined or whatever. Like, Almas should have won. But just the reaction was like, oh, like, fuck, we were hoping for a Gargano win. But, I mean, you're not wrong for seeing Gargano-Almas, because that match was amazing, too. We've been to a lot of great takeover matches, so, um, yeah, this should be awesome as well. I think we both got Adam Colbebe going over on new NXT champion. So that's TakeOver 25 on Saturday. Any other overall thoughts, RJ, on TakeOver NXT? And I ask you this every single time we talk TakeOver. I forgot to mention it earlier. Do you see anyone oh, popping God. up in the crowd during the show? Uh, we saw Kushida last time. Anyone this time? I honestly don't know. Who else even is there for them to sign at this point? Cody Rhodes, I don't know. <laughs> Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, the Young Bucks show up in the crowd. RJ, are you still of the uh, conspiracy theory that uh, WWE is financially backing AEW and they're all in bed together? 
Yeah, I saw that Vince Russo. That's definitely one of those. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, exactly. It makes complete sense. Fucking retard. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the show. Should be great. I don't know who else would be even in the crowd, to be honest with you. They've signed literally everyone under the sun, and anyone they haven't signed is in AEW, so I, I don't know who else they could sign at this point. But, um, yeah, looking forward to TakeOver on Saturday. Uh, Mr. Marceau, anything else before we ride off into the sunset here? No, I, th- I think uh, I think it should be a good show. I'm pissed I'm not going. I mean, I got to work and shit, so uh, I wish I was going. But, I mean, I think you'll enjoy the show and definitely have to catch another show down the road. Of course. Uh, it's going to be an awesome time as always. Maybe WrestleMania weekend. Are you still planning to go to WrestleMania in Tampa next year, tentatively? Um, yeah, if, if the schedule works out that way, definitely, but uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see. We shall see. So, Mr. Marceau, as always, thank you for joining me. Always a great time talking and shooting the breeze with you here on WrestleRant Radio. We'll catch your ass down the road, sir. Thanks, you, Sam. Thanks to Mr. Marceau for his time, as always. He had some hot takes of his own on AEW Double or Nothing in the days removed from the pay-per-view, so be sure to check him out on his Twitter machine at RJ underscore Marceau. As for WrestleRant Radio, guys, you can check out full episodes of the show every single Thursday on iTunes. Simply search up WrestleRant Radio on the Apple Podcast app. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. You not only get every new episode on Thursdays, you also get every archived episode dating back to October of 2013. As for me, guys, you can find me on the socials at WrestleRant on Twitter, on Facebook at Facebook.com, backslash Graham.GSM.Matthews, and finally on YouTube as well at YouTube.com backslash C backslash Graham Jesus and Matthews. And as I said at the start of the show, guys, be sure to subscribe to that channel for all the videos I took at Money in the Bank two weeks ago, uh, Double or Nothing last week, and then TakeOver this Saturday, which I cannot fucking wait for in the slightest. So anyway, guys, have a great rest of your weekend. Enjoy the month of June coming up. I'm Graham Jesus and Matthews, and I'll catch your ass down the road. Do a step, do a step, do a step.